Thank you for listening to this podcast from The Resting Place Tampa. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear. And we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org. The title of the sermon is The Fruits of Suffering Well. And that's the softened up version of the title. Uh, My wife has uh, helped me find out that some of my sermon titles might not lead people to want to listen to them afterwards on the podcast. Uh, I think my last one was uh, Pain is Inevitable. I'm like, the heart behind it and everything that was said during it felt really good. But I guess if you're just scrolling through and you see pain is inevitable, you're probably not going to want to stop and listen to that. So hopefully this is a little bit softer of the fruits of suffering well. Um, I'm going to go through the scripture and then I can, I'm just going to uh, jump on into it. So Romans 5, uh, 1 through 5, this is in the NIV. It says, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into the grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. That's not what I'm preaching on, but just that might be like a part too, like that whole first part, like I'm reading through it and I want to get to the next verse. I'm like, Lord, there's so much to chew on right there about the goodness of God and and what we have through Jesus, what we gain access to through Jesus. So that's all really, really good. Let's focus on the next part. I believe this is verse three. It says, not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. A hope that does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So, yes, we want to be happy about all the good stuff. We want to be happy about our union with Christ. We want to be happy about the access that we have to the Holy Spirit and the access that we have to everything of heaven. But God really showed me, he was like, that's all good and well, but what happens when life doesn't go like you want it to? What happens though? Nothing's going to separate you from God. Nothing. You especially. This is the thing that we think all the time. We're like, yeah, the world might be falling down around us. All this is happening, and, and that's fine. I got the love of Jesus. But as soon as I screw up, done. Done. So then, then he's mad at me now. You cannot separate you. He, he is one. He died for it before you were you. Before your mom knew you. Before your dad knew you. Before any of this. He was like, I knew you before you were in your mother's womb. Like, he set you apart. He set you out for this time right now. And he says, do you think I'm going to let you mess that up? No. Now, might you do dumb things? Maybe. We'll say maybe. Maybe you might do dumb things. What? does suffering produce? What are some of the choices maybe that you've made? Maybe some of the choices that people have made around you. What is it? What fruit is that producing in you? Because the fact of the matter is right now, which way do I go, Holy Spirit? 
All right, I'm going to say a pause real quick because I feel like this applies, but there's some people in here right now that are super scared. We had this word in our huddle this morning. I feel like this goes along with a little bit of what Gigi was singing. There's some people that are about to transition that have been ready to transition, ready to launch into a new season right now, and you are scared. You're scared of failure. I've literally heard it. Really like, like, what's your problem? What, why won't you do this incredible thing? The things that God has called you to do, I'm scared to fail. This church, that was one of the very first things that I had to get over with Caleb in his living room. Me and Gigi and Jamadi sitting there until three in the morning. Dude, you should start a church. You would be perfect at this. This would be incredible. Why won't you? You already have a school of ministry. Why not? And finally, after badgering him for like two hours, like, what's the problem? I'm scared. I don't want to fail. I want to hurt people. Okay, we got that out now. Now, what is God saying about this? There, there's some of you that are sitting in here right now, and you're on the cusp. You're ready to move forward in something, and you're scared that you're going to fail. And I just, I want to encourage you so much. You know what I just want to tell you? You might. You might not get it right on the first try. Actually, and if it's something big and probably something that God has called you to, there's a good possibility that you won't get it right on the first time because there's lessons that you need to learn through the process of failure. It's only failure if you quit. If you give up on the call that God has for you, then yes, you failed. I'm sorry. But because he's such a good God, he says, I'll still give you another opportunity. I'll still, okay, let's, what's the next thing? What's something else? Maybe that one's gone. Maybe that time has come and gone. Maybe it was a season. But I'm telling you right now, because of how good of a father he is, there, my, uh, my youngest daughter, Lily, she loves gymnastics. She scares me half the time, the things that she tries to do. She's super bendy, did not get that from me. I can barely touch my toes. But she... She can fold herself in a pretzel, she can do splits, but she keeps trying harder and harder things. And she's looking up on YouTube, she, she aspires, she wants to do a backflip. Just so that she's watched YouTube videos on how to do backflips. I don't want her to do a backflip. Like, I don't, like, it scares me to death thinking that she's just going to stand there, stand on the couch, and then try and, like, jump off backwards. Uh, but she's really trying. At no point, zero, at, at no time do I ever look at her when she falls over sideways or when she thinks she's even doing a backflip, I'm like, that's not even close. Like, that, that was cute, but not even close. Like, we can't put that on YouTube. <laughs> at no point in that do I look at her and I'm like, God, you're such a failure. I wish you would have got that right the first time. Do something else. Never. Because I am a good father. Because I look at her through my father's eyes. And it's the same way that God is looking at you. That right now, please, I am begging you, this world needs what you are about to do. Your world around you needs what you are about to do. And to tie it into all this in my sermon that I'm saying, this is the fruit of suffering. Sometimes you try and it hurts and you don't get it right and it's, it's, it sucks. It hurts. You feel like you let people down. You feel like things haven't gone right. You feel like you let your family down, whoever. You feel like you let God down. I've felt like that many times. I don't know how many ministries me and Gigi have started. Just in the last 10 years, from being here in Florida, there's been so many, so many things. I was at the Tampa Bay Leadership Network, and it went great for about eight months. And then 
I don't know if the season was over. Honestly, I don't know if I just maybe didn't have the skills to keep it together. The church was starting. Like, I felt transition, but there was times where I was like, I failed. I just wanted to bring pastors together. I just wanted to give them an opportunity to eat and get to know each other. It's one of the hardest things to do around here. Tell pastors, hey, let's just have relationship. Why? I want to get to know you. I want you to get to know people I know that you don't know. But why? I'm going to have food. But why? Because I'm hungry around noon. And if you're going to come here, I want to eat. Okay. Maybe. We'll see. There was, there's not, not everybody's going to value the things that you value. And that's going to hurt. When God puts something on your heart and you're just like ready to go to the top of a mountain and scream it. And then the people, even in your own circle, are like, that sounds kind of dumb. Like, don't call it that. I have my heart set on that. That, that, This was from God, though. So you're telling me I don't hear God. That is some very real pain and suffering that you go to go through. I'm telling you, one, he is a good father. He wants you to move forward. He wants you to go. He wants you. He doesn't want you to stumble, but he's ready for it. He doesn't want you to fall and scrape your knee, but he's ready for it. Like a dad running behind a kid that's just learned to ride a bike. No, you don't want them to fall, but you know that there's a possibility it's going to happen. So maybe you put them next to the grass. So if they do, you just push them a little bit. And okay, they, they were going down anyways. Like, let's make it as, you know, as soft as possible. He doesn't want you to fail, but he's ready for it because he knows what's next. He knows that if you keep pushing through the suffering, if you keep pushing through the pain or the disappointment, he's like, I got you. That doesn't change the call that I had on your life. That doesn't change it. It, it, If anything, just solidifies his position in your life to say, nope, let's keep going. These things, not only, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. What is suffering producing in you? Suffering in the Greek, um, I don't know how to say it. Dipsis? I think it's dipsis. It's tribulation. Persecution, affliction, distress. What is that stuff producing in you? What fruit is that producing? Every single person here has gone through tribulation. Every single person here has gone through some sort of suffering. How well you suffer, how well you go through these hard times will determine the fruit that is produced on the other side. I've done it both ways. As I've grown, I've learned to suffer, to go through hard times a little bit better. Still learning that. Even leading up to this, I told Gigi, I was like, are you happy? I did not make your life terrible for the week leading up to me preaching. With all, I can't do this. Forget it. I'm done with the church and deleting my stuff. And no, you preach it. I don't care. I don't, I can't do this. Nobody, like, it's been a rough road sometimes for her. She, Caleb asked, she has suffered well. She has suffered well. I suffered better this time. It wasn't until this morning, and I was like, oh, my God, I'm about to throw up. But I'm, I'm getting better. But there's, there's been plenty of times that in my life where I was like, you know what? I haven't suffered well. 
the fruit of my suffering has just been anger. Raid has been uh, uh, depression, different things. Like, like it didn't, it's going to happen. The enemy is here to steal, kill, and destroy, period. That is his job. That is what he wakes up every morning waiting to do to your life. He's got no other mission till the end of time. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy. So things are going to happen. How well you can go through these tests, how well you can go through these things, that if you're going through it, God's already said, I'm not going to put more on you than you can bear. So he already knows that you can get through this. He's not going to just push you off the cliff with no parachute and be like, I hope you make it. No, he knows what you can go through. But how well you go through these things, trust me, it will have such an effect, not just on you, but the people around you, on your husbands, your wives, your kids, your family, your coworkers. What if you started suffering well at work? What if instead of complaining about everybody that you work with, what if instead of being mad or mad that my thing was always like, why am I here? I'm meant for ministry. Why am I still at this night? God, do you know what you're wasting here? Do you know, do you know, do you know who I am? I knew who you were far before who you did. Well, they don't know because then they should be paying me to go and preach the gospel and do things. No, they're paying you to pack boxes and send out trailer parts. That's what you're here being paid for. And I, I didn't. So what if I what if you go through that, seeing that as an opportunity? That your suffering actually gets to produce good things in you, your your tough situations get to produce character, perseverance, hope. It's not just, crap, I'm going through this again. Here I am again. No, this is an opportunity. It actually says to take glory in that. That glory, uh, that's even a longer one. The Greek is hard. Like it's, I'm not even going to try and say that, but it's to boast. Kaukaami, hahi. Kaukaami. In the Greek. To glory, uh, exalt proudly, to exalt proudly. Who wants to exalt proudly the junk that they're going through? When have you ever been going through a tough time? You're like, thank you, God. I'm going to exalt. Let's, let's sing this from the mountaintops. Living with your head up high. Words help studies. That's what it says about to glory in the Greek. Living with your head up high. When's the last time you've been through something that you've been going through, a test, a trial, maybe self-inflicted or inflicted by others, but you've been going through these things and you've kept your head held up high? It's not easy to do. But I want to encourage you why you should do that, because here's the fruit of it. The fruit is perseverance. The fruit is character, is good character. The fruit is hope. These are the things that suffering well they have the potential to produce in you. I know that a lot of us, me included, we've seen the fruit of not suffering well. We've seen the fruit of doing this poorly and taking it out on other people. The truth is that we've said it here many times, God doesn't give all things, but he wastes nothing. That's helped me through so many hard times in my life right now. People dealing with COVID, family members, I've had suicide in my family. Uh, so many things. I'm like, God, why'd you do this? Like, that used to be my mindset. 
And then have the mindset that God doesn't give all things, but he will waste no opportunity to see him in it. He wastes no opportunity to produce the good fruit of suffering well. And I had this realization, I may have said it here before, I honestly don't remember, but I had this thing, I was thinking about, man, God, so you don't give all things, but you waste nothing? Enemy does the same thing. He's an opportunist. He doesn't give all things. Not everything bad in your life was because the devil did this to you. I grew up in a very uh, Mexican household. My aunts and uncles, my grandma, she was, I mean, it was an old little Spanish church. They had a cowbell and a tambourine. That was it. Like, that was worship. And everything, it didn't matter what it was, a battery dies on, on my iPad. Not that they had that back then, but battery dies on something. Oh, that's the devil. The devil's he's trying to stop you. No, I forgot to charge it last night. Not, not everything's dope, but in the same sense, he's not going to waste an opportunity. He's going to take every opportunity to make you think that it was him. How schemy is that? How terrible is that, that even the stuff, he's trying to take credit for junk he didn't do. And we are just dumb enough sometimes to believe that. <laughs> that this is, a, and he will waste no opportunity. Sometimes it is. I'm sorry, sometimes are just dumb. We just do dumb stuff. I've done so many dumb things in my life. One in particular. I could have put this on the devil, but no, I just made a dumb decision. I paid. Okay. When I first moved to Tampa, I got a job, and I was actually working not too far. And they had a pop machine, which, yes, it is a pop machine. Not a soda machine. It's pop. They had a pop machine. And you could use your debit card. It was 35 cents for a can of pop. So pretty much every day during lunch, I'd get one can of pop. I had two debit cards for some reason. I think we tried to open up one, and it wasn't what we wanted to wear. But we never closed it just in case we needed it. But it had zero dollars in it. And the cards were very similar color. So for about seven days, I mixed up those two cards. And every day, I bought a 35-cent can of pop. Not a big deal. I mean, that's what, five bucks, if that, like $4, whatever. About three months later, I get a bill from this bank, who I've forgiven since then, for $900. Because every time I used that card for a 35-cent can of pop, charged me an over-the-limit fee, overdraft fee. And then it compounded every day. And then I added another one the next day. And after seven days, somehow I got the card switched back and so started using mine. So I never really, I didn't think much of it. I'm like, that's ridiculous. Nobody's going to charge me $900 for, you know, five cans of pop. So we go in, think we're just going to have a conversation with them. And sure enough, they're like, yeah, no, you, you overdrew your account, you know, $4 or whatever. And so you owe us 900 bucks. Like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, no, like, maybe we can work something out. And I'm, praying, I'm like, God, you've got to do something because my wife is going to kill me if we have to pay $1,000 for a six-pack of pop. <laughs> and so they go away. They talk to the manager. I can feel the heat coming off of Gigi. I can feel she was, it was very, I'm not sure if she was about to suffer well or not. 
And they come back, and they're like, okay, I talked to my manager, and we can help you out. I'm like, oh, thank God. So we cut off some of the fees, and if you can pay $650 today, we'll wipe the rest of it clean and call it even. I'm like, does this seem like a good, does this seem logical to you? And they're like, well, sir, you used it. I'm like, I know what I did, and yes, it was dumb, but it's not like I went and bought TVs or PlayStations or anything. Like, it was pop. And finally, at the end of the day, we paid $650 for six cans of pop, and I cut that card up in the parking lot immediately as we left. And you know what? There was part that I think back on now, I'm like, man, I could have said, man, the devil is a liar, and no, and I throw some oil on the bank or do something. Or, <laughs> like, I could have I really gone into it and started to intercede and lay hands. I wanted to lay some hands on them bankers, man. But I made a dumb decision. I shouldn't have had that card in my wallet. I should have been more careful. Not everything is the devil, but he will waste no opportunity to take your suffering and produce all the negative things. He wants, he wants to produce all the things that are opposite of God. And God is saying, like, he's giving us an out here. I mean, he's saying, he's like, you've gained access by faith and grace, which we now stand. You can boast in the hope of glory of God. And not only that, you get to glory in your sufferings. Good or bad, you win. Good or bad, you have the potential. God's not saying, oh, you made a bad decision. All right, when you get your life back on track, let's work on the things of bringing heaven down. No, you get to bring heaven down every moment of every day, good, bad, rain or shine. It doesn't matter what it is. You get to say, in my good times, in my bad times, I will have good fruit coming from this. Uh, perseverance, a patient, enduring, steadfastness. That's what that means in the Greek. I want that. I want my suffering to produce. I want to be steadfast. I want to have a patient endurance because, like I said, when does the enemy take an off day? Every day, whether it's him or not, he wants to steal, kill, and destroy. I need a patient enduring. You need a patient enduring to make it through this life, to make it in ministry, to make it in anything, to make it in family. You need a patient. You need to be steadfast. That, that's fruit that I want to endure. Character, the uh, approving an approval. Could you imagine going through your next bout of suffering and going into it, not after it's beat you down for a while, but going into it knowing I'm approved. God approves me already. I can stand steadfast in my approval of the glory that, that God has put on my life. So you know what? I can wait this out. I'm okay with that. That's fruit. That's fruit that we need in our lives. Hope, a trust, a confidence, a faith. To have faith that it's going to get better. You need a patient enduring because sometimes we don't know how long this stuff's going to last. You don't know what this, I can't tell you what this season of suffering is going to be. Some are short, some are long. Some feel like they're never going to end. My daughter, she, uh, my daughter Mia, who is sitting, hiding, sitting in the back, she, my, Mia's working the AV right now. You know what? Mia, stand up. This girl right here, 
we couldn't do church without her. Every Sunday she comes and she's just, where do you need me? What do you want to do? I was like, Jason needs help in AV. Okay. And then in the second gathering, we might need you in, in kids. Okay. This girl gets up before anybody else here to get to church. My daughters have put probably more time than most of the leadership team in between Gigi's practices, my youth group, everything. They wake up every Sunday at 6 o'clock to get ready to come to church. And they do it with smiles, most of the time, with smiles on their faces. You can sit down, babe. Thank you. She's short. I didn't know she was standing up or sitting down yet. She does so much, but she taught me how to suffer well. And in one particular instance, my, I don't know that I'll share this in the next one when we live stream. I have a 19-year-old son in Michigan. His name is Josh. I love him so much. One of the hardest things I had to do was to leave him to come to Florida. My intent was only to be here for two years. It was in 2010. Mia was just born. Me and Gigi both lost our jobs. And we had nothing, so we need some help. My parents were here, hers in San Antonio. I'd have put good money that we would not live with my mom. So we're going to move to San Antonio. And Gigi has a dream. We move here. I told my son's mom, I said, it's two years. I'm going to school. I don't want nothing to do with church. I don't want, I'm not going to make any friends. I'm not going to do anything. I'm going to go to school, get some sort of degree in something so I can come back to Michigan and have a life where I can provide for my family. That was what I thought God was sending me down here for. Here we are, 11 years later, started a church. You know, all, all these great things happen. But somewhere in the middle of there, my son and his mom, they just decided, and my son, really, he was old enough now at this point, he just said, I don't need you anymore. He's like, I was like, why? What's, what's the problem? Like, I know I'm not there, but I'm, I'm always here. And you come for the summers, like, you're like, I'm here. I'm here for you. He was like, I just... I don't need you in my life right now. And, I mean, there was nothing I could do. I'm in Florida, and it hurts so bad. And that, so every day, Mia is praying. That girl prays every single night. Her prayer right now is for all the girls in Cambodia to be set free from uh, human trafficking. I gave her one of the scrunchies, the bracelets that the girls made from the AIM documentary. And she asked me about it, what it is. And I had to explain to my 11-year-old what human trafficking is. And I did it because that girl prays every single night for that. She was praying for a dog because we gave her an impossible prayer for a dog. If it's this, this, this is, and free, sure, pray for it. We got a dog this weekend. <laughs> it was every single thing that she prayed for. That girl, that girl knows how to suffer well. She prayed every single night, God, I pray for this, I pray for this, and I pray that, that Josh would come back to see us. Every night, this went out for a month, then three months, then six months. We were at just over a year. And I mean, every night. And there's times where I'm leaving her room crying. So I'm like, God, what is wrong with you? The innocence of a child praying for her brother not a bad person, not what, like, we're a good family, like, why won't you shift his heart? And then finally, one day after she gets done praying, this is about 13 months into it, every day praying, she says, does God not hear my prayers? 
I said, no, baby, he hears you. He hears you. That means I have five minutes left. He said, he hears you. I said, don't stop. Don't let the enemy think that he doesn't hear you. God hears you, but it's on his timing. And I even had to say that stuff, not believing it myself. I left the room and I hit the floor. I'm like, God, are you real? Are you there? I was starting to really not suffer well watching my daughter start to question God. That hurt so bad. And it wasn't but like a week later. We were at a retreat. Gigi was doing worship somewhere, and we brought the girls with us. And I get a text message from my son that, hey, you probably hate me, but I love you, and I miss you guys. And if you ever want to talk to me again, you know, please give me a call. And I took that phone, and I, I showed it to Mia. And then finally, we both hit the floor crying tears of joy because this girl showed me what it was to suffer well over 13 months. And now my son, they talk more than me and him do now. They're texting back and, fo back and forth. He's 19, so he's kind of doing his own thing right now. But we have a relationship. He comes and visits. When I go to Michigan, I get to see him. Like, her prayers, like, I don't know how long the season's going to last. And when it's stuff like that, man, it hurts. It is gut-wrenching. But the fruit that is produced by seeing that, I can tell you, man, my, my perseverance, my character, my hope, my steadfastness, all that has been brought to such a new level. Because anytime I think about anything going wrong in my life that's taking too long, I think about my daughter praying for over a year every single night for her brother to come back, and he came back. That's the fruit that your suffering needs to produce in you. That is the fruit because it's going to happen again. I'm sorry. And I don't want this to be a doom and gloom. Like, we got the victory. Like, this, is, this life is whatever. Like, Caleb said, you can't scare me with heaven. That's the mindset we have to have. But while we're here, you know what? Stuff's going to go wrong. It's how you go through it. How you persevere through it. What does your character look like through it? How much hope do you have through it? What is it producing in you? Because other people are going to eat that fruit. Other people are going to eat that fruit of what your suffering produces. And if it produces anger, if it produces rage, if it produces depression, other people are going to eat that. Your kids are going to eat that. Your spouses are going to eat that. And that crap is poison. I ate the fruit of that little girl's tree, and it has changed my life. It has changed my life for the better. It has changed. Now I know, even when I get little things that hurt, I'm like, if she can make it through that, and help me through that, then I can keep going. Then I can persevere. Don't just check the fruit of your victories. Check the fruit of your sufferings. A good way to do that is to ask the people around you. You got to be vulnerable. Ask the people around you, do I suffer well? Jesus, she'll, she'll tell me. Spouses, it's a good place to start. It's not an easy place to start, but it is a good place to start. Get people around you that you trust, that you know will speak life into you. Am I suffering well? No. Every time, every time a little pebble comes in, you fall off the rails. Okay. That's not fruit that I want to spread. That's not kingdom fruit. Don't just check the fruit of your victories. Check the fruit of your suffering.
Thank you for listening to this podcast from The Resting Place Tampa. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear. And we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org.